On today's Show Me Institute podcast, Dr. Susan Pendergrass is joined by Bill Kent, the president and CEO of The Biome School, a charter school located in St. Louis, Missouri, that offers customized, project-based, and student-centered learning opportunities with an emphasis on growth mindset and STEM education. Learn more at thebiomeschool.org. Here's Dr. Susan Pendergrass and Bill Kent. You are the leader of a really cool charter school in St. Louis. I think that, so. Yes. Yeah. And it's called? The Biome School. Yeah. And you serve K to fourth? K to four uh, currently. Uh, we'll be adding fifth grade next year. And it's a small school. It is a small Purposefully school. Purposefully small. Yes. It's planned as a small school environment. And can you just tell me a little bit about how it got started, why you started it? So the Biome School really grew out of uh, work that my dad uh, did in the community since the 1980s. I mean, our roots uh, go back to a homeless shelter, uh, a children's gardening program, uh, an after-school kind of tech club, and uh, eventually through a partnership uh, between my dad, uh, Willie Kent Sr., and uh, his very good friend, Ray Ford, uh, the Youth Learning Center was born in 2003. Okay. And we provided after-school and summer programs focused on literacy and math remediation and also STEM programs. And from the Youth Learning Center program, the Biome School was launched in 2015. Um, so people who don't live in St. Louis won't be aware of this, but St. Louis has a really hard red line. Yes. That's called uh, Del Mar. Yeah, the Del Mar Divide. And the Del Mar Divide. And your school is right by the Del Mar Divide. Yes. And is that a good thing, or how do you feel about that like you it's located there because that's where the youth center was right right right. no I mean I think it's a great thing we we always saw uh, even back before we contemplated starting a charter school we saw our center as kind of a melting pot for St. Louis Mm -hmm. and we saw it as a place where people from uh, all walks of life all backgrounds including the children that attend could come and really work towards a common goal and for us that was education and so being on the Del Mar Divide, I think it positions the school to continue that mission. So why did you do a charter school and not just grow the after-school program or something like that? Well, we were, con- we were investing a lot of money and time in children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I didn't believe that, um, that our goals for children were aligned to the, 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 the work, the programs. I mean, we were seeing kids for two and a half hours after school yeah. and also seeing them during the summer. But as an independent after-school center, we were really disconnected from the districts. And as hard as we tried to create those connections, it it only really worked when teachers were willing to communicate. Mm -hmm. And and so typically, we had a lot of inconsistency. So uh, you decided to go this route, and now you can have the children for all day. All day. And you have them most of the year. And what does that mean? So, like, what does that mean to you? I mean, you have an opportunity to really um, provide wraparound yeah. services, social services. Absolutely. Well, first of all, we think education can be transformational in the lives of children. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Ray Ford used to have a really funny saying uh, that, you know, we're going to change the history of a child, which mm-hmm. everyone would say, what in the world does that mean? Yeah. But it's essentially, you know, he, he and my father both believe that education was could be a a huge factor mm-hmm. in changing the trajectory of the lives of children. And so um, just to step back for a minute, you yeah. know, when we uh, made the decision uh, to uh, launch a charter school, it was a four-year kind of exploration for us. Uh, it wasn't oh. a slam dunk. Okay. I had to convince our board of mm. directors to 
uh, embark on this, and it was not easy. Because it, it's hard. It's hard, and it was initially rejected by, by our board. Okay. And so after um, a lot of planning, a lot of soul-searching, we decided what we say around the biome is that we put our entire foot in the water instead of a toe. Yeah. And, and so now, because we have the, the biome school, you know, first of all, we see it as a huge responsibility especially in the K-5 to space. I mean, kids get one chance to do kindergarten. That's right. So we want to try and do it right. I mean, they get one chance to be a first grader. And so, but we wanted that responsibility. So this gets me to the point, like, this is the one thing I wanted to talk about. I feel like the the term charter school is becoming a little bit toxic nationally. Sure. I feel like it's now the, it's cool to be against charter schools. That's become a, a cool thing. You yes. know, a lot of the uh, people running for president are, like putting their stake in the ground is like, oh, yeah, we're with you. We're against charter schools. Uh, we're with the NAACP against charter schools and, right. you know, that they're harmful. And I think that that is such like an abuse of what's happening on the ground because sure. there are people like you. It is not easy to do what you're doing. No. And you have to be super motivated. And I feel like in the media, it's like, oh, you want to you want to just, uh, you know, get a big fat government check, just start a charter school, get some kids, and you know it rolls in and it's super easy. And if it's not good, it closes, you can open another one. I mean, they're very glib about how this thing works. Sure. But the reality is, it's a very big challenge that you had to talk people into joining you on yes. doing this, right? Yes. And you have to get up every day and work hard every day and stay motivated to keep doing it because i'm sure that there could be days when you're like i can't I don't know if i can keep going yeah you know, abso- it's hard absolutely i mean it, it's not as if the environment is designed to breed uh, successful schools i mean you have to you you're fighting everything sure you're, you're fighting um you know um certainly as a public school and i like to say charter public school sure we uh don't choose our students and so we you, have can you just maybe repeat that for effect yeah yeah as a, as there a, is some yes absolutely you know just repeat it yes as a public school yes. as a charter public school we do not select our students and i come to you with a, a, a rising kindergartner and i say here's my kindergartner mm-hmm. but she's been identified as being on the autism spectrum and yes. you say welcome to the biome exactly welcome to the biome i mean we have two uh incoming kindergartners who have an autism diagnosis. I mean, we, we don't uh, reject those kids. We simply plan to serve them. And you can't reject yeah, them. Yeah, we can't reject them. It's yeah. against the law. It's yeah. against the law. But um, but but that is um, part of what it means to be a public school, is That's that right. you're accessible to all. And so we take that, that uh, we wear that badge with honor. Do you have a waiting list? Uh, we have a waiting list for uh, first through fifth grade, and oh. we have six kindergarten seats open oh so yeah does that make you feel badly if you can't serve everybody who wants to come it does it does i think um you know first you have to realize i mean we're a small school sure at our apex will be you know 220 to 240 kids and we and 20 kids per classroom so that's that's our design and and we don't apologize for that yeah uh but um what is disheartening is that uh parents and especially parents who don't have resources don't have as many opportunities to choose where they like to send their kids oh, I mean, to school. Like almost none. Yeah, especially when they are um, uh, committed to public education. Yeah, and so and that's our commitment as as at the biome uh, school. Our commitment is to good public education, whether it's charter uh, public schools or whether it's traditional yeah, public it school. Matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, the fact of the matter is that uh, kids and parents uh, they need choice. They need. Uh, 
uh, to find the school that's the best fit for their child. And that whole notion is lost in the in the public school debate is that kids, all kids are actually are not fit or all schools are not fit for all kids. And um, and so we just wanted to make sure that our school added a different flavor to uh, what was available to parents in St. Louis City. So one thing that you and I have talked about recently, and Doug Thaman, who was on an earlier podcast, is the fact that um, I, I don't know if it's an effort to effort to restrict charter schools or what, but the fact of the matter is you don't get the same funding that St. Louis Public Schools gets. That's correct. We so do. you're missing a couple of the categories of funding. Yes. And so, and in addition to that, you have to take what you get from the state and take care of the building, the buses, if you have them. I mean, Absolutely. all of that comes out of one pot of money, and that's not the case for the public schools. Yeah. So yeah. what do you what do you do? Well, uh, we fundraise. A we lot. fundraise a lot. Yeah. How much do you think you have to raise per student? Uh, God, we're raising probably about four grand per student. Uh, you know, last year, um, our last fiscal year, we raised close to a million dollars to serve our kids. But that's not and easy to do. It's not easy to do. It's very difficult, especially for a, for a young school. I mean, we just yeah. finished our fourth year of operation. We yeah, haven't yeah. proven anything yet. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't, we don't have the history of St. Louis public school. Yeah. And so, uh, it's tough, but, but I you think. you get a good feeling when you go in your school you, building. You do. You, you know? do. You it's do. It's just, you can feel it. And I think that, um, that's as important as, as Yeah. There, there's a, there is certainly, um, we spend a lot of time on our culture. Yeah. And that's growing every year. Academically, we're growing every year. Uh, we know we have a long way to go, but I think we're doing a lot of the right things. Mm-hmm. We're very student-centered. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, it's not easy to go we out. We have chickens. And, we have chickens. Mm-hmm. We have chickens from oh, uh, and the zoo program. Tell me about the zoo yeah, program. Yeah, I love so, the zoo program. So yeah, so that's a great that's a great point because that goes back to. Uh, our history when we thought about this this youth learning center is kind yeah. of a melting pot, yeah. uh, and so the um, one of the things or concepts that we wanted to make sure we included in the biome schools model is that we wanted to to you know scan St. Louis and look at all of the the great institutions, all the resources that sure. uh, St. Louis has to offer, and really think about how we could repurpose those. Um, yeah. Uh, for uh, to in, improve or enhance our children's um, uh, academic experience, and uh, the the first partnership that we launched was with the St. Louis Zoo and their education department. It's called the Zoo School. That's so cool. Yeah, it is. Our kids uh, they spend a semester uh, uh, studying uh, 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 or preparing for a project that is designed uh, in cooperation with our staff and the zoo staff. And uh, the zoo uh, staff visits our school over the course of that semester. Uh, there are some Skyping sessions. And then our kids spend two weeks at the zoo finishing the project. And, so they just love it? Yeah, they love it. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's integrated into our academic program. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the focus of literacy, math, and science is, is very heavy. Uh, but the, the, the thing that we love most about the program is that kids get to build relationships with adults that they otherwise would yeah. have never met. Yeah. And that's so critically important when you think about St. Louis being the divided city that yeah, it, is. it is. I mean, I, when I, you know, when people ask me about St. Louis, my running joke is we divide and fail, you know, so. <laughs> it's uh, not divide and conquer. No, no, no. We divide, <laughs> we divide and fail because there's always something to be divided about, you know, yeah, and uh, that, that's, that's so much easier than finding common ground. But, um, you and know. That's true. I mean, I, I'm not here to disparage St. Louis public no. schools. I'm sure that they're 
a lot of teachers who care deeply about their Absolutely. kids in St. Louis public schools. And it's not that, but it is like you said, if there's a parent who, you know, they're looking around for where they want to send their, well, to the extent that they can look around and decide where they want to send their child to school. If there are the schools like that in, in the St. Louis public school district, then they have to move yeah. and they have to be close to it. Yeah. They can't, you know, move around within the city. And, and so I think that schools like yours or language immersion schools, I mean, these are the kind of options that parents don't have to move. They don't right. have, they're free. Right. They're free in public. Right. And I think they're just such an important part of the community. And um, what do you think about this idea that I, I hear sometimes, I don't, Anyway, I won't give my opinion, but that charter school is going to end up just being a passing fad. Um, so I disagree. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's going to mainly be driven by uh, our parents. I mean, yeah. the, the parent community, I mean, the, the, the ignored portion of this debate around charter schools is about the parent community. I mean, you have in, in St. Louis, you know, over 30,000 uh, families or children attending charter schools. Yep. I mean, that means something. That's a lot of that, people. That's a lot of people. That's significant. And to dismiss this as a fad, uh, it's just nonsense. I think it's uh, nonsense. Frankly. And like Doug said, um, you know, they might not be called charter schools. They might be red, blue, and green schools. But yeah. the idea of school choice, yeah, uh, that genie's not going to go back in the bottle. No, I don't I don't think so. And and again, at the, at the Biome School, you know, our, our commitment is to uh, adding quality to public school choice. And... Yeah. Um, and, and so um, if you want to call us something different, as long as it's public and as long as it's accessible. Independent, yeah, public we, and we, independent, yeah. and parents can choose it as school whatever, of choice. Yeah, yeah whatever so. you like. And, 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 and we don't, um, and also, Susan, as you and I have discussed uh, many times, um, you know, we're for accountability. Yeah. Yeah, and more of it. And frankly, not just for charter schools, not just for charter public schools, uh, but yeah. for all public schools. I'm constantly talking about yes. the MSIP 5 APR system. Absolutely. Um, I'm for that too, but what's missing from that APR system, mm -hmm. well, a lot of things. But anyway, many states have accountability systems that include this thing on like um, the atmosphere or the culture of the school. Absolutely. Or parent surveys yes. or something. And I feel like Missouri has not risen to that challenge at all no. and i think in charter schools that's oftentimes sort of the important difference is that if you if you find out and you probably did mm -hmm. that you need to ramp up your social services um yeah. staff right because yeah. children have more needs maybe than you yeah. anticipated or you might have already known but you know you have the flexibility of doing that and i don't think that that in any way is reflected in those apr points no absolutely not i mean it was interesting when we um i'll tell you a a, a great story that's related to your comment we started in our first year with 60 children and the only reason we were able to do that is because we owned our facility. Oh, we yeah. own the building that, that our school is located in. Without that, the Biome School... From the youth center. Yes. The Biome Got School it. would not exist. And uh, so that first year, um, we were underprepared for the needs of the students because we didn't have any. Yeah. We, 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 you know, so uh, we were flying blind, uh, but we took in those 60 children and the, the needs were so great. Um, the other great thing about being a small school is that we can pivot very quickly. That's right. So we quickly ramped up our support services, and um, and this year we now have uh, the the total of our support services are all in house now. 
OT, speech and language, oh. uh, our sped services are all done by our staff in-house. And that only occurs, again, because of uh, the incredible fundraising that we've been able to do. And what percentage of your students qualify as uh, special needs? Right. Next year, we'll be at around uh, somewhere between 12 and 15 percent is what we estimate. That's pretty typical. Yeah, that's pretty the typical. national average. Yeah. Um, uh, so, again, like we have discussed, I feel like that's kind of that's the kind that's the component of charter schools that also doesn't get discussed is your ability to pivot like that and you know people have suggested maybe every school should be a charter school and they should just all be independently run and and flexible and autonomous and parents can choose them and i don't imagine that system existing anytime soon but but that is the real benefit is you know if you have a student uh with particularly students with special needs and they're in a, a public school that doesn't meet those needs right. and and you are a parent without resources to move yeah. or seek them then you're just kind of screwed by the system yeah it, it, it can be tough and um you know finding a place where your child feels that they belong yeah is also tough yeah and and you know you talk about motivation what motivated me to yeah. launch the biome school you know i grew up in st louis um you know i um my house is a few blocks from where our school is located, uh-huh. the, the home that I grew up in. I attended St. Louis Public Schools, and, uh, you know, St. Louis Public Schools, they were not right for me. And uh, so I struggled mightily through through school because I was disinterested, I wasn't challenged, and I had a really hard time. I remember um, right before going to um, sixth grade, you know, I was testing very well. Yeah. And had a chance to go to, to Country Day, which is now MICDS. There was a transportation issue because we were we were a single um, family uh, via car. Yeah, sure. And uh, and so that just did not work out for me. But I hated being. You in didn't Saint get Louis. to go. No, I didn't get to go. Oh wow! Yeah, I lost that opportunity. And and my parents, they didn't. They, they were doing the best they could. Of they, course, they, they were. didn't really understand what it meant. Yeah. And frankly, I didn't. I just, you I mean, know, yeah. I went on a tour and saw science labs and You're like, like oh, oh, my God. How do I know? get here? I, I'd never seen science labs before. Yeah. This is incredible. They actually exist. And, um, you know, all of our science was done in, uh, from a textbook and worksheets. Yeah. And so and so that that is really the motivation for me uh, is, you know, I just don't want kids to, to experience what I experience. Yeah. And uh, and so we're, we're our goal is to build a world class school in the heart of the city. Yeah. And uh, if that means that I go out and I have to raise a million dollars, then I'll figure out how to do that. It's too bad. If that, if that, I think legislatively yeah. we could get that fixed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I we think, can make it more fair. Right. And and that's all we're asking for is, is equity. Sure. I mean, frankly, um, even with that, uh, you know, our traditional public schools have uh, robust foundations. Most of them do. They too. do. Yeah. I well. only found that out recently that St. Louis Public Schools has a fairly large foundation. Oh yes. Oh they yes. They fundraise. Yes. yes, they fundraise. Everyone fundraises, and so the issue is not that oh, you know, we should be pitied because we have to fundraise. This is about uh, equity for all children. Yeah. And uh, how can we um, say that we're a state that's committed to equity yeah. when we are allowing the things to exist that exist in the in funding? And not just for children in charter public schools, but also in our rural school communities. Oh, yeah. I mean, so we have funding issues across yeah, the entire state, and no one seems motivated to do much of anything about it. Yeah, and your teachers are public school teachers. Yes, and your students are. They public are. School they students. they contribute to the to the uh, St. Louis Public School Retirement System. Sure, mm-hmm. they are public school teachers. <laughs> yes, 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 they and are. And that's very expensive, by the way. Uh, yes, it is. Yes. I talk about that one quite a bit. And yeah. it's also in court. 
yes, the retirement system suing yeah. the schools and the charter schools. Yes. That's for another podcast. Yes, it is. Um, are you going to end at fifth grade then? We are going to end at fifth Why? grade. Well, we it's because of facility challenges. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, so the the um, the question for us because we our initial charter was K to eight. Mm-hmm. And so the question for us it was uh, about facilities and cost. Mm-hmm. And we just determined that, number one, we didn't want to go into, and we don't, and we won't go into huge debt no. to, um, to fund the purchase and renovation of a, of a larger facility. And, uh, and that along with the, again, startup cost. Yeah. Because middle schools are, that's a different kind of business model. The children become different. Children become different. <laughs> the staffing yeah. is different. Um, you know, the, the, the academic program is more expensive. Uh, and so uh, we just made the decision, how can we best serve our families? Mm-hmm. And so we're working with several middle schools to transition. To be like our, a feeder yes. to them. Are mm-hmm. they charters? Uh, some are charters and some are parochial. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, how do you think your parents feel about the biome school? Uh, so our sur- surveys would say that they love it yeah. for the most part. Now, not all, every family, <laughs> well, you know, we wish we could have 100%, but not every family uh, loves us. Uh, but uh, uh, the majority of our parents uh, love the biome school. They are, you know, we had 100% uh, participation in parent-teacher conferences. Oh, that's awesome. And again... You know, we stretch ourselves to make that happen, even if we have to meet uh, by Skype with parents. I mean, we, we, um, our teachers make sure that that touch point is there. How do you feel when you read all this negative press about charter schools? Um, you know, it's disappointing because, you know, people who are honest brokers, that stuff is all distractions. It is. You, you have bad, of course you're going to have bad players in any sector. You have, you have bad players. They uh, make for good news. Yes, they do. Good headlines. They, they make for great headlines. You know, when you had the race to the top, you had a bunch of fraud committed by totally. traditional public schools. A bunch. And so, that you know, you have that in every sector. Yeah. And so it's not surprising that you have it in the charter school sector. But the majority of, of individuals working in the, in the charter public school sector are honest, hardworking people. That's right. Just as the majority of, of folks working in the traditional public school sector, they're hardworking honest people yeah, you don't, so, don't go into public education to get wealthy no 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 one does a- i don't care what kind of school it is absolutely not and um but it, what disappoints me is people like well, you who are who are committed and motivated to do yeah. this won't have that opportunity and there are people like you across the whole state of missouri yeah and they don't have that opportunity yeah. and a lot of i talk about this sometimes but you know quite a few charter schools that were started by teachers yeah because they are on the front lines and right. they've got the best ideas yeah. and and uh if they want to be entrepreneurial or yeah. innovative uh that's their one way of doing it is start right. a charter school but we don't we're not tapping that at all in the rest no. of the state. And we're not tapping people like you in the rest of the state. And I think rural communities, I, you know, people say wouldn't work in a rural community, but I think it could if no. it would allow you to pull from multiple districts or yeah. somehow, you know, get critical mass. I think they can work anywhere. People have ideas and motivation. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and I think the, the, the thing that's very interesting about uh, working in the state of Missouri as you talked about our accountability system, you know, we, we have a system that does not encourage innovation. No. We have a system that doesn't encourage uh, growth. You know, why would you want to ch- take on a tough population of kids 
when all you're going to receive for it, especially early on when you're getting your legs under you, is you're going to receive a slap on the wrist yeah. uh, for not getting there fast enough. Yeah. And so you just, just imagine you're a, uh, an entrepreneur that wants to start a middle school, yeah. and you take in a bunch of kids who are already three or four uh, great levels great behind. Levels behind. Yep. And what you receive for that in Missouri is punishment. Right. Uh, because you haven't uh, turned that page for those kids fast enough. And we know that that takes time. Right. You, you can't undo all of that uh, uh, academic trauma. Right. In the, ma- in the course of a year. And That's so right. um, and so, yeah, the, the way that we look at education and progress in this state, we, we're just doing it all wrong. I think so. Yeah. I know that in Ferguson, uh, last year's APRs, three percent of the eighth graders were proficient in math. Yeah. And yet they're a fully accredited district yeah. so we have this system that completely hides yeah. where where we need to be working you know what i mean yeah. and it, parents i guess will assume it's accredited it must be okay i'll send my child there even the, though parents know better yeah. yeah parents know well you know i i think i think parents know what they know yeah and so you you have to consider uh what was their academic experience that's true and, and that'll be the basis for for you know how they interpret what they see in the news or if they see banners hanging on the school saying we're fully accredited and they they will assume hey that's a good school and and our system in missouri is all about uh compliance so if you can keep a lid on things and keep it quiet you can continue to not educate kids Mm -hmm. um, not give kids not get the best out of kids Mm -hmm. and you'll be just fine but we're both on the commitment to quality chat task force yes (laughs) so it is c2q um and within the charter school sector, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're uh, developing from scratch an accountability system that's w- way more extensive oh, yeah. than the APR system Absolutely. so that charter schools, if they want to, can voluntarily adopt the thing and, and really um, have a good way of knowing how they're doing yeah. across a variety of metrics. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm it's excited a, about that work. It's proactive. It yeah. is. And the, the thing that's most exciting is that it, it will give charters the very thing that they need to improve which is a, 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 an honest look at their performance across yeah. uh, a lot of domains. And I often hear that charter schools aren't held accountable. So who holds right. you accountable? Oh, my God. Let's, let's, start, <laughs> let's start with our parents. Yeah, of <laughs> Let's course. start with parents. Uh, first and foremost, um, uh, we have a, uh, a very committed uh, board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't have a great school without great governance and without great fundraising. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. And so I think that's important. We have UMSL, who is our sponsor. Yep. And in um, their office is, um, uh, they're very aggressive in, in, in being great partners, but also, mm-hmm. um, you know, making sure that we're accountable. And yeah. also we're accountable to uh, the state through uh, DESE. Sure. I mean, I don't know why people say that. But yeah. Well, thanks for the work you do. Thanks for this opportunity to mm-hmm. talk about education and the biome school, uh, public what, education. That's the what biome we do school. when we get up yeah. in the morning. Thank you for listening to the Show Me Institute podcast. Find more at showmeinstitute.org.